sports? Yeah, we got some of that. This is 94.3 The Game. WRHDFM, Farmville, Washington, Greenville. Thanks for hanging out. It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirate. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money Let's call it a victory Thursday. Let's call it what it is. Pump it up, Cookie. And they stay there. And they say yeah. And they stay there. Cookie, what are we calling it today? What are we calling it, Chris Cook? <laughs> Victory, baby. Victory. That's what we're calling it. Victory Thursday. That's what it is. Uh, welcome in, everybody. Nice to have you with us here. Uh, ECU basketball with a thumping of South Florida today, 73-58. Pirates advance to the quarterfinals. Now they'll get the number one team in all of the land. And uh, that is going to be uh, Houston. That's at 1 o'clock tomorrow. It'll be a 12.30 airtime on 107.9 WNCT and 94.3 the game. Uh, Cookie, is Pilk doing a uh, lead-in show at noon? I'm actually not sure if Phillip's doing a lead-in show for this. All right. I say we do it, but... You know, I know we're uh, we got a lot going on. This well, hey, you the man, right? I don't know about that, Cookie. I don't. I'm just. I'm a man who knows the man. You're the man in my heart. I'll tell you that. Well, <laughs> flattery will get you everywhere, Cookie. <laughs> absolutely everywhere. So we'll um, may, we'll let you know if uh, Pilk's around. We'll find out. I think Pilk's in the building. Saw him a little bit ago. We'll uh, we'll get Pilk in and ask him if he'll uh, slap something together for uh, a noon. Start on 94.3 the game tomorrow. If not, uh, 12.30 on the network. Uh, ECU looked great today. Uh, I uh, got to see the vast majority of it uh, and uh, thought the Pirates were, uh, they shot it well, quite obviously. Uh, Pirates made 8 of 20 from 3, so that's a good percentage, good volume of shots. ECU for the day uh, shot 53% in the first half. Uh, that percentage went down a little in the second, but I mean, a lot of that too was they had a pretty cozy or comfy lead and they would run down the clock and, and kind of take a shot against the shot clock late. That happened a few times. Uh, Pirates, uh, did a really good job of taking care of the basketball. They forced 14 South Florida turnovers. Jaden Walker, double double of 22. 10 assists, also got six rebounds. R.J. Felton, 22 points, 4 of 10 from 3. He got seven boards in the game. He played 40 minutes. Walker played 39. Luigi DeBoe, I thought, played great in uh, 35 minutes. He played the entire first half. Ezra Ozar had 10 points. Uh, and uh, David Kasanganai, how about that, with uh, 10 points off the bench in 21 uh, minutes. Uh, Mike uh, Swartz doing a good job moving all the pieces around. Tyler Harris got his. He ended up with 26, but he had to take 22 shots to get it. He missed eight of his 14 threes, 
and no other South Florida bull gotten double figures. The big guards bothered Harrison as a result of Harris's struggles. That meant that really no other uh, player for uh, South Florida was able to to kind of slide in there and uh, and feed off of uh, his play, Harris's play. South Florida struggled shooting the ball, but the Pirate defense was really, really good. Uh, ECU also were opportunistic uh, on the break, particularly with Walker. Walker went on a great stretch. Pirates had a big run in the first half that got him back in it. And then they uh, never looked back as they uh, they hammered USF, and uh, that's a good thing from where I sit. Uh, let's see, Cookie, we've got some uh, post-game comments from Coach Swartz. Yes, we do. All right, let's hit it here with Coach Swartz saying the defense was the most important thing in this game today. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know about keeping the distance, but defense was definitely what we knew we had to do to have a chance to, to you know, to, to win this game. They're extremely explosive offensive team uh, both our first two games we talked about that we had guarded well for a lot of the game but we had two stretches in both games where we allowed them to go on 10-0 12-0 runs that ended up being the difference in the game so we couldn't allow that to happen and, and turnovers obviously if you can force some turnovers that does a you know that, that that's probably the number one thing you can do to stop a team from going on a run especially if you can convert on those turnovers but defense was just such a huge aspect of our game plan going into the game and once we stopped turning the ball over ourselves within the first four minutes of the game uh, we were able to set our defense you can't set your defense if you're turning the ball over because they're out running so once we could set our defense even if we didn't make the shot uh, we could set our defense and I thought our guys were excellent on that end tonight uh, let's do uh, coach uh, Swartz here and cut 10 cookie where he talks about how they contained Harris from USF what we were speaking about just a moment ago well you know you and I talked about this before we headed to Fort Worth and you just can't shut him down. I mean, you can try and, and you're going to do that. And that was obviously our focus. But if you put if you put it on shutting him down and that ends up being what your barometer is of success, uh, you know, you're not going to come out on the on the positive end of that a lot because he's that dynamic of a score. But what you can do is you can try and make him take shots on our terms, which I thought we did tonight. We got him off the line um, a few times, whereas in the first two games, he got those threes up. And when he can shoot the ball comfortably, he can put a 6-0, 9-0 run on you in a hurry. So to make him take 22 shots, that, that's an advantage for us because not only that, but maybe Shu was a little bit less involved in the game because, uh, you know, he, he's a huge part of their offense too. And great credit to Luigi DeBow and what he did. Obviously, he started, I would venture to say, without looking at it, this is probably as close to a career high in minutes, if not it, for him tonight and for him to battle on that end defensively uh, versus their big fella, you know, give great credit to Luigi. Yeah, uh, DeBoe gave him good uh, minutes, but also, uh, you know, defensively was a presence along the back. Helped with the ECU rebounding effort, East Carolina, uh, advancing to the quarterfinals with uh, a game in which they knocked off South Florida today. South Florida had won the two regular season meetings. Uh, this is Coach Schwartz talking about Jaden Walker for uh, improving throughout the game, as he put it. Yeah, it's really important. But again, you know, uh, these guys to, to my left are the ones that, that did it. They knew, you know, we went in with the game plan of understanding what we wanted on offense to play with a purpose. 
Uh, we tried to execute. We just turned it over. It doesn't matter how much purpose you have. If you give the ball to the other team, you're not going to have good results. But once Jaden, uh, you know, kind of felt and got comfortable in the game, reading their ball screen defense, I thought Jaden, as he has done the last six or seven games, did a fantastic job picking apart in terms of where the pass needed to go. I mean, that's all he can do. Once he's reading the coverage of their post defender, reading the coverage of the on-ball defender, he makes the next play. And then RJ, Dave, and other guys stepped up and made shots today. You can't count on shots going in all the time, but what you can't, what you can count on, excuse me, is making the right read. And Jaden and RJ did that, and we capitalized by making some shots, which is big for us. Yep, sure was. Uh, let's hear from Jaden Walker now, who uh, says that the team was able to capitalize on being in the right place at the right time against USF. You know, piggybacking off of what RJ said, uh, we took a loss from Jamal Small. You know, he got injured earlier in the season, and I started playing point guard, so I had to step up. And tonight, you know, I just had to keep being aggressive. And once we got through that little shaky start we had at the beginning of the game, the game started to slow down. And... You know, just was looking for my teammates to be in the right spots, and we was able to capitalize off of that. All right, and then let's uh, hear from R.J. Felton, who said the Pirates uh, tomorrow will have to match Houston's energy in order to uh, shock the world and upset the Cougars. Playing against Houston the first time, it was more of a learning experience than anything. Uh, they had beat us on the glass a lot. We had, we had to focus on on, on rebound and on, and on learn, matching up to the physicality to them. Yes, yes, they're the number one team. Kudos, and I'll give respect to them. But I, I just feel like I just feel like we just got to match their energy as uh, as we play against them. So there it is, uh, East Carolina with uh, the huge victory today. Jaden Walker, twenty-two, ten assists, seventy-three, fifty-eight. First round of the American Athletic Conference tournament from the Dickies Arena. R.J. Felton with twenty-two and seven. Ozar, as we mentioned, ten. Career high 10 from David Kasung and I. Pirates 16 and 16. And they won their first AAC tournament game since 2017. How about that? Uh, Luigi with the five boards, career high 35 minutes. Uh, again, Tyler Johnson got his, but he struggled in order to do it. They made him really work hard today. Uh, Pirates saw South Florida take an early 10 point lead, but ECU battled back. And they were ahead 44, 41-33 at halftime, led by as many as uh, 19, I believe, in the game. Uh, that game again tomorrow at 1 o'clock against number one Houston. And uh, that'll be a rematch of the uh, great game a couple of uh, weeks ago in Greenville. 12.30 on the network. Uh, Pilk, is Pilk where he can uh, respond? Are you going to do a nooner tomorrow, Pilk, with the yeah uh, with the uh, lead-in show locally on 94.3? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, that's the plan. Doesn't sound very confident. All right. <laughs> Sorry, you caught me off guard. I just walked in. I was in the room doing other stuff, and I thought you were talking about golf or something. No, 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 no. We got Brian Mole coming up for hoops and golf, but uh, no, I was just <laughs> tomorrow. I didn't know if you were going to do a show on ninety four three, kind of local lead in. That's all I was asking. Yep, we've we'll, done that we'll throughout the season. Yep. Okay. Sounds right. good. We'll be on at uh, noon, high noon. All right. Philip the ref Pilkington recapping today and, and hopefully recapping an ECU women's victory. Uh, they are playing tonight. ESPNU at nine o'clock in that same arena. Uh, they just got done a few minutes ago. SMU lost to Central Florida, UCF. Uh, 
kind of had it was just a little more buttoned up down the stretch. SMU scrump was kind of scrambling at the end and didn't make some winning plays. So uh, their season has come to an end, and uh, UCF will advance on to take on Memphis. Uh, and then uh, we'll have the complete brackets later on. There'll be a 7 o'clock game tonight in the American tournament. Uh, and then uh, the field for uh, quarterfinal Friday will be uh, set uh, tomorrow. Uh, speaking of uh, happenings tomorrow, we're going to have uh, Ben B-Baby Byram on uh, here tomorrow. It'll be Ben's final uh, day with the uh, company, day, uh, Ben's final uh, show. And uh, I've got baseball duties on uh, ESPN Plus for ECU and Liberty, so Ben will be uh, hosting on his last day tomorrow. Uh, I think they were trying to get Jim Zoki on. I don't know if they've worked that out or not, but uh, we'll find that out. Ben B. Baby Byron will be in uh, tomorrow there. But back to the ECU women with a uh, tremendous victory last night uh, for the Pirates. It was tied at 43 going into the fourth quarter. Uh, colleague, in a sense, Micah Dennis, because Micah is uh, volunteering for some of that, uh, or kind of interning in a way for ESPN Plus, uh, and will, I think, join uh, some of those uh, spring productions as uh, the women's season wraps up. But uh, she had a big three with five minutes to go, put the Pirates up six, and they never looked back. She had 17 for a second straight game. Uh, nine rebounds for uh, my Mai Joyner, Amaya Joyner, the Farmville uh, Grad, Marvel Central grad, and then, uh, of course, Danae McNeil was excellent, led all scores with 22 points. Happy for Kim McNeil, and uh, they will have a look for the opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament. That is a 9 o'clock game tonight. May start a little after 9 because, again, there is a men's game in front of it uh, to uh, wrap up the opening round of the uh, AAC uh, tournament. So, uh, let's hope that Kim McNeil and company can, uh, can win. They are playing Houston. Now, Houston is the four seed, uh, and they have, uh, gotten there. And, uh, by the way, it's, uh, Tulsa and Wichita tonight at seven, uh, the 11 six game in that one, uh, for the right to play Tulane. And then, uh, you know, ECU is playing Houston. They only played one time this year, and that was that wild triple overtime game that they had against one another, uh, the, uh, midweek game where the uh, Pirates drew 2000 fans. It was the home finale, ECU won in triple overtime. So, uh, if they play a triple overtime tonight, Cookie, you know what time the game would end? Midnight, probably. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a uh, long night. Oh, it's a long night. If you're old like me, Cookie, for you, you're just getting warmed up at midnight. So that's, Hey, no, man, that's late. Well, you got uh, you got some other duties tomorrow, also. Yes, yourself, we do have a remote tomorrow. Yeah, we'll talk of the town deal at Great Harvest. So uh, that is that. Uh, they also uh, today uh, released uh, the Holland family, Terry Holland's obituary, and uh, one of the things I wanted to note, and we've we posted it in its uh, entirety on uh, our Facebook page. But uh, they will be holding a memorial service for uh, Coach Holland in. May, May 6th, which is a Saturday in Charlottesville, Virginia, at the John Paul, the John Paul Jones Arena, where UVA plays. Uh, that will be at 2 o'clock. Uh, there'll be a private graveside service uh, following that, but uh, the memorial service for Terry Holland will be taking place in May once, I, you know, everything I think kind of clears through uh, campus 
and also uh, a long time wrapping up with basketball. So that is the uh, that is the deal uh, there. I uh, wanted to make mention of uh, that since uh, we received that information today. Okay, uh, we've got uh, a pirate report coming up, so stick and stay for uh, that. Going to break, uh, Cookie. We got four tickets to tomorrow's ECU. Liberty baseball game at six o'clock, right? Yes, sir, we do. And we also have uh, slightly stupid and sublime tickets. All right, got those tickets for you as well. And we've got uh, tickets to, or we got a Chico's Mexican restaurant gift card. Yes, sir. By the way, that that sublime, uh, slightly stupid sublime concert tickets. It's in August. You can win them before they go on sale tomorrow. So uh, you can uh, head down to the uh, amphitheater there on the river in Wilmington and take that in in August, and uh, you'll get four tickets to the baseball game and some Chico's. What more do you need? So that is going to go to caller 5 at 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. Good luck. We'll do a pirate report when we get back. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today. The brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 943 The Game. East Carolina with a uh, baseball victory against uh, Elon to wrap up a 2-0 uh, road trip midweek. Uh, Pirates with a 5-1 victory as they jumped out 3 to nothing and uh, never really looked back in the game uh, yesterday. Pirates will host uh, Liberty this weekend. Liberty's got a good program, and uh, Pirates come in winning three in a row. Let's uh, go now to the uh, comments from Coach Godwin on our Pirate Report following uh, yesterday's victory that you heard right here on 94.3 The Game. Yeah, Jake Hunter, I thought, really set the tone, did a really good job. We needed some length. We're a little bit thin in the bullpen after last night. And Willie Lumpkin just had some arm soreness this week, so we weren't going to pitch him. Uh, we need a quality start. Danny Bill did a good job coming in, and then Root was outstanding. Thought we played really good defense. You just mentioned Carter Cunningham's catch there in left field, which would have totally changed the game if it got over his head. And then Riley Johnson, uh, the place he made out in the outfield, just awesome. We'll hear from Riley Johnson more in a second. Coach Godwood says the team has played uh, really well defensively the last couple games. Well, Joey Barini played as good a shortstop last night as you know anybody's done in a long time. He made a lot of plays, made some plays tonight. We turned a double play there at the end with Shaq and Starr there. Uh, J-Dub threw a guy out. Uh, we've played really good defense, uh, you know, the past couple games. Godwin, uh, Coach Godwin, complimenting the uh, hitting from the Pirates against the Phoenix yesterday. Yeah, J-Dub, uh, you know, has uh, had some tough at bats, but he put together some quality at bats uh, against lefties. For some reason, he's always better against lefties. And Riley had a good day, um, and Shaq had a good day. Uh, Shaq, Joey Barini there. And uh, this is Coach Godwin praising Jake Hunter's performance. Well, you know, he, he, you know, last year started off good in the preseason and pitched good for us early and then kind of 
you know, faded. This year he didn't have a great preseason, and, and I grabbed him and I said, hey, look, uh, wouldn't you rather be pitching good at the end of the season this year than, you know, last year he wasn't even on the 27-man roster when we played Texas in a Super Regional. So uh, I'm just proud of him. He's worked hard. Um, he wants to win. He's very competitive, and um, he's pitched really well this year. Uh, to Riley Johnson now, who says that the uh, pitchers uh, pitched well against Elon. Yeah, I mean, uh, the pitchers did a great job. Whoever came in did their job. And just at the plate, we just stuck with our plan and did what we had to do. He talked about the uh, leather that the Pirates flashed in the outfield. Carter did a great job. I mean, he's always been doing great this year in the outfield. Um, but the off outfitters, the main thing is just communicating. Like, if we're near the track, if we got room and all that. So, Big props to the guys in the corner and helping me out. And uh, Riley Johnson uh, with a little admiration towards Pirate Nation. Oh, without you guys, I mean, we wouldn't be where we are. Um, you guys make it feel like a home game even when it's away. So keep doing to keep showing up, keep showing your support, and we love you all. All right, uh, good stuff there as the Pirates uh, get the victory uh, yesterday uh, and, and got some uh, – Pretty interesting outings pitching-wise uh, now that people are getting back healthy. Uh, Garrett Saylor in particular, I mean, th- this is probably reaching a point where you can, uh, you know, possibly uh, find yourself in a situation where uh, that midweek situation may, uh, from a pitching standpoint, may be a little more buttoned up and sewed up than it was the first couple weeks of uh, the year. But uh that's part of playing these games, too, figuring out uh, roles for guys and that sort of thing. Uh, the weekend pitching is, is pretty well set. It'll be, uh, as we uh, know, uh, Trey Savage going tomorrow for uh, ECU. Savage is actually opposing a uh, really good pitcher, young guy for the uh, for the Flames uh, named uh, Garrett Horn, who uh, had kind of an interesting year. Struck out a lot. He has allowed a lot of walks early on, but he was uh, a freshman All-America by a couple publications last year and is one and one with a 138 ERA entering the game tomorrow. So it should be a pretty interesting pitching matchup uh, there. Uh, Pirates have had a little more success against the opposition on the whole this year. Small sample size, I know, but on the whole this year uh, when they've been able to get into the pen. So we will see. And, and I don't think Liberty plans on having a guy out there for 100 pitches. Uh, because their starting pitching is is so good, they don't want to press them early in the year, especially with uh, their conference play in the Atlantic Sun right around the corner. Uh, big weekend here sports-wise. Uh, we've got pirate baseball, pirate basketball playing. We'll be following what the women are doing. But we've also got uh, Farmville Central going for the Class 2A, 2A state title. I haven't talked about that enough this uh, week. Of course, with no show yesterday, that uh, is cut into uh, our opportunities to talk to you here uh, during this time slot, but uh, Farmville Central Basketball taking on Reedsville should be a good one. Dean Smith Center, 2.30. It'll be on our sister station, Talk 1037 WTIB. Farmville Central in the state playoffs is brought to you by Tony Moore, Creighton Commercial, proud owners of the Brightleaf Shopping Center in Farmville, Auto Store of Farmville, and Greenville. Mosquito Authority, the town of Farmville, the great uh, John Moore, excited about uh, the mayor, excited about the Jags. Jack A. Farrier Steelworks, Pitt Green Electric Membership Corp, Pierce Insurance, Hobbs Insurance, Farmville Flower Basket, the uh, NC Farm Bureau Insurance of Farmville, 
The Little Rocket and Gorham's Cafe, which uh, has some really good eats. So they are uh, some of our great uh, sponsors. We really appreciate uh, them sponsoring uh, our coverage of Farmville Central Hoops coming up on Saturday, uh, 2.30 on Talk 103.7 WTIB. The ref, Philip Pilkington and Needham Cheeley, together again for Farmville Basketball. Good luck to Larry Williford and the guys, and we'll mention that uh, again uh, as time allows on the show today and also again uh, tomorrow with uh, Ben in for me as I'm uh, going to be in the TV booth for ECU Baseball. All right, uh, Cookie, Chris Cook, JC yes, Squared, has a 94-3 the game sports update. Then we're going to get Brian Mull in here to talk a little March Madness. What uh, the Tar Heels have ahead of them as far as getting in. Uh, Mull's doing a lot of his uh, work for Joe Lenardi right now as well. Uh, writing uh, these previews uh, that Lenardi will be putting out after Selection Sunday. Mull's uh, writing a good share of those. So we'll have all that for you. Talk the Pirates victory today and maybe even work in a little bit from the uh, players, which is going on right now. After this, from uh, Chris Cook, our 94-3 The Game sports update. Starting off, picked last in the preseason coaches poll and now a game away from the NCAA tournament. The East Carolina women's basketball team defeated the second-seeded Memphis Tigers 69-60 in the AAC semifinal round. All-conference first-team member Danae McNeil led scorers in the game with 22, while Micah Dennis added 17 for the second straight game. The Pirates will meet the four-seed Houston tonight with... Tonight at 9 with a trip to the big dance on the line. The game will be broadcast nationally on ESPNU. ECU men's basketball just picked up a win in the AAC tournament just a couple of hours ago against USF 73-58. They will play Houston next in the tournament tomorrow, and R.J. Felton had this to say about the upcoming matchup. Playing against Houston the first time, it was more of a learning experience than anything. Uh, they had beat us on the glass a lot. We had, we had to focus on um, on rebound and um, and um, learn, matching up to the physicality to them. Yes, yes, they're the number one team. Kudos, and I give respect to them. But I, I just feel like I just feel like we just got to match their energy as uh, as we play against them. East Carolina freshman forward Ezra Asar has been unanimously named to the American Athletic Conference All-Freshman Team and Graduate Center Luigi DeBeau has received the AAC Sportsmanship Award according to an announcement by the conference office on Wednesday afternoon. Asar becomes the first Pirate freshman to receive the postseason honor since 2019 when Jaden Gardner was also unanimously selected. ECU Baseball will take on Liberty tomorrow at Clark LeClaire Stadium after defeating Elon yesterday. Live coverage can be heard right here on 94.3 The Game with our network coverage beginning at 5.45 p.m. Tonight, North Carolina takes on number 11, Virginia, after hammering B.C. last night. You can listen to that game on our sister station, Groovin' Oldies 94.1 and 102.7. Later tonight, NC State, who blew out Virginia Tech on Wednesday night, will take on the Clemson Tigers. And Duke basketball absolutely curb-stomped Pitt 96-69. Their matchup, their next matchup in the tournament will be tomorrow against Miami at 7 p.m. And in some breaking news that just happened, UCF defeated SMU 76-70 to move on in the AAC tournament. And finally, it's day one of the Players' Championship from TPC Sawgrass. Chad Ramey shot 8 under 64 and has a one-shot lead over 
Colin Morikawa. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. The Sports Update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirates student-athletes. For info on how to donate, please visit teamboneyard.org. More of the Patrick Johnson Show featuring an interview with Brian Mole on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. And... Pirates. Later. Panthers. No, baby. Very good. The P-Man. Stacey's Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Adopt. Tweet at us. Hey, you want to see our tweets? That's creeping me out. Follow us on Twitter for breaking sports news and what's going on around the Pirate Nation. We need you guys on Twitter. Twitter. It's 943 The Game on Twitter. Cookie's got some tunes going today. I hear you, dog. Oh, you like this one? I don't like it. I think it sounds good. You'll never guess who put me on to that song. Who put you on? Who's that? my boy? Your boy, Michael Busini. Yes, sir. My boy, Michael the Busini. Radio uh, geek that he is. Uh, Chris Cook uh, producing today. Patrick Johnson here with you. It is the uh, Patrick Johnson Show. We're uh, getting ready for... Uh, ECU women's basketball uh, tonight again in the uh, conference championship, so we'll see what the Pirates can do as far as uh, hopefully what will be a uh, a victory for ECU and a chance to go to the NCAA tournament, I think for the uh, third time maybe in the uh, program uh, history for ECU uh, women. All right, uh, we go now to the phone lines where the uh, one and only Brian Mull is standing by. Uh, Brian, uh, this time of year, uh, up to his eyeballs in uh, NCAA March Madness as he is uh, part of Joe Lenardi's uh, writing team that puts together uh, all of the previews that Lenardi does. Of course, uh, Joey Brackett's known for bracketology, but then they uh, once the field's announced Sunday, they'll uh, put out uh, uh, something on every team, and Brian is responsible for uh, churning up some of that. So he joins us here on the Patrick Johnson Show today also. Uh, with uh, some golf uh, assignments coming up as well. So a busy time. We appreciate it. Good to talk to you, buddy. Hope you're well. Patrick, how are you? What a wonderful time of the year. Yeah, it really is great. Uh, we'll start with the Pirates, of course. ECU with uh, a, a loss or a loss twice to uh, USF during the regular season, but came out today. Uh, you know, they've employed the bigger guards. And look, March is about guard play. And ECU got great guard play today from uh, Jaden Walker, the uh, transfer from Iowa State, but also from R.J. Felton. They combined for uh, 44 uh, today. But uh, the Pirates defensively, to a man, did a really nice job today uh, in, in eliminating USF and ending their season. Yeah, I think that's um, you know what you hope is that this time of the year, your identity, whatever that may be, that you can impose it on the opponent. And Mike Schwartz has emphasized defense since the day that he took the job. He has uh, continued to talk about it throughout the season. You can tell that it's an important part of what they practice and how they approach a game with scouting and game plan and certainly executed at a very high level today. Just looked like the team that was uh, more excited to be there, if you will. And uh, I think that's a lot of it this time of the year as well, just uh, the passion and uh, the togetherness of a team and uh, what Jaden Walker has brought to the table 
especially since the injury to Javon Small has just been phenomenal. Um, he has really uh, turned into an important piece and a, and a bright, bright, promising piece of the future. Well, the thing I think uh, that folks need to know, um, you know, R.J. Felton, you know, hurt himself at UCF in the last game, and there was some thinking even Tuesday he might not be available to go today. And uh, he just looked great out there. You know, Ozar makes the all-freshman team, uh, Brian. You've got, uh, you know, Brandon Johnson's been a little inconsistent near the end of the year, but obviously I think there's still a lot of ability there. Uh, as he continues to develop his game, we know R.J. Felton is uh, is just a, a freak athlete and it's becoming a really good basketball player. And uh, you have uh, Javon Small and, and you do have Walker back next year. So, I mean, there's, you know, five right there, five pieces. I think the Pirates will be active in the portal. Uh, but uh, there, Mike Schwartz, if, if everything kind of goes as it should and you, you hope everybody will be back that can come back, uh, he's got uh, – I mean, don't overlook a win like today because that's a big deal. First time they've won in the tournament since 2017. That's a big deal. Yeah, no doubt. And to uh, kind of change up the lineup a bit and go with Luigi for 35 minutes a season yeah. high and certainly letting, uh, you know, the team know and the opponent know that they were they were emphasizing protecting the basket and rebounding and, and defending and – you know, you hold a team under 60 points this time of the year, you're giving yourself an, a very good opportunity to win. And certainly, as you said, that's something that can be built upon uh, next year. If a lot of these guys are back, they will have the confidence that they can be, <clears throat> be successful in the tournament. And then you get Houston tomorrow. I mean, look, let's face it, Cougars will be, and rightfully so, a big favorite in that one. But come out and you just play tomorrow, right? That's what you do. House money. I mean, you go out and uh, – and you play, uh, try to play the best game of the season and uh, put a little game pressure on the Cougars, and you never know what can happen uh, in the in the last 10 minutes of one of these tournament games. Yeah, you sure don't. Brian Mull with us uh, here. American still is a two-bid league in your mind right now? I think so. I think, uh, you know, barring, barring something uh, crazy here over the, the weekend, uh we, we, you know, Houston and Memphis are positioned nicely, but uh, you you never know. Uh, there there are a number of teams who uh, who could get hot and uh, and spoil the party, if you will. Uh, Brian Mull, he writes uh, part of Joe Lenardi's team, also uh, the Blue Ribbon uh, folks, uh, College Insider, and uh, various outlets across the Fruited Plain during the uh, college basketball season. Uh, Brian, we've got. Uh, we got Duke today, I mean, just sizzling. I mean, kind of looked like vintage Duke in, in a lot of ways, uh, just dismantling Pitt. And I realize Pitt, Pitt played yesterday, but, I mean, this this was a 4-5 game that even didn't look like a 4-5 game. Uh, Blue Devils uh, have been defending at a pretty high level all year. They offensively looked really, really good. Uh, they will get Miami, who had to hang on for dear life to be able to, to eke out a victory over uh, Wake Forest. Credit to the Demon Deacons for uh, for coming back and, and making it a game late. So uh, the Blue Devils advance on and look really good in doing so. And, and i got to think are moving their way, especially with a performance like that, up uh, on the seed line for the tournament. Yeah, I think there's no question that they are uh, fully whole, healthy, as they've been all year, they've had some continuity with this lineup, with this rotation, and 
understand the roles. There's a comfortability that you can see in that different guys step up on different nights, but at the same time, everyone's pretty consistent on the defensive end. That's where they haven't wavered uh, through some poor shooting nights. And look, this is a team that, uh, you know, I think there's been years in the past when you could say maybe Duke was a little overrated this time of the year, but I think this is a rare situation where Duke is probably a little underrated. I mean, this was a team that Ken Pomeroy considered as a top 10 team in the preseason, and certainly mm-hmm. they did not play to that level for much of the season. But when you look at what's important this last month, this last 10 games, they're, they're certainly in that conversation as, uh, you know, being consistently as playing as well as anyone. So, I think the future is bright. I think their best basketball could still be ahead of them, um, certainly when they're knocking down three-point shots like they did today. Uh, that's a pretty impressive squad. Yeah, uh, last I saw they had uh, 10 makes, and that was uh, at some point in the second half. So, I mean, uh, they, they finished with double-digit three makes, and if they're doing that, uh, they, they will be tough to beat. Uh should be interesting with them in Miami tomorrow. Um, and uh, tonight – Second part of uh, the quarterfinals in the uh, ACC in Greensboro, where it should be every year. But uh, you've got uh, you've got the uh, well, let's start with the Wolfpack. They're taking on Clemson. Uh, Packer playing obviously for a chance to get in the semifinals and to win this tournament. But uh, the Pack, as far as they're in, what are they playing for seating wise? And then Clemson is Clemson playing to get in tonight. I think this game means more to Clemson than the big picture. Uh, certainly NC State wants to, to win this game. They lost to Clemson twice in the regular season, including in pretty embarrassing fashion in Raleigh. So I'm certain that that has been mentioned a time or two in Kevin Keats's locker room, or maybe didn't even need to be. But, yeah, Clemson is uh, – they're, they're hanging on by thread, I mean, depending on who you read, and, and uh, nobody really has them solidly in, and certainly their resume doesn't – Warrant being solidly in, uh, a lot can happen in the next couple of days with the bubble teams, but uh, a win here would over a certain tournament team would go a long ways for the Tigers. Uh, NC State's got to be careful. I mean, they they look like they were playing NBA Jam last night on offense. I mean, they're not, it's not going to be that easy tonight against the Tigers, and they can't expect it to be. It's going to be a different type of game, but uh, certainly – I mean, I've said this all year. I think they have the best backcourt in the ACC with, with, with Smith and, and Joyner and what Morcell's been able to do as well. And D.J. Burns has been uh, maybe even – I was pretty familiar with him from his time at Winthrop, but he's been maybe even a little better, more of an impact than I thought he would be at this level. So the pieces are there. They, I thought they defended at a high level. And I think you'll see – you know, you see that this time of the year with certain teams that have been – maybe their offense has been a little bit ahead of their defense all season, and then they decide for – hey, let's go defend for three or four games and, and, and see where that leads us. And if NC State can continue that type of intensity on the defensive end, uh, I think that they, they, they're going to be in pretty good shape. It's going to be a tough game for Clemson tonight. That's uh, Brian Mull, college basketball uh, writer, golf writer. He's on the uh, line with us here. Uh, we talk uh, college ball with him uh, throughout the first part of the calendar year. Uh, usually, uh, and uh, Brian's been good enough to join us here as uh, March Madness is uh, underway in earnest. All right, uh, the Tar Heels, and we've talked about it. Now, look, UNC looked really good against Boston College last night. I don't think anybody could deny that. When you look at uh, the Tar Heels and this tonight against uh, UVA, would a second win over uh, UVA be enough to, to make the Tar Heels a little more comfortable, or do they have to kind of carry this thing out and at least get to 
to Saturday, if not still win the whole thing? I think they need two wins to feel comfortable. And, and deep down, I know this is difficult for the Tar Heel fans, but they need to pull for NC State so that that second opportunity is against a, a, a certain NCAA team, you know, if they're able to, to get there. Right, the pack I would think, be a better opponent potentially than, yeah, yeah, I got you. Than Clemson. And yeah. uh, Carolina's been helped a little bit in the last couple of days with uh, Wisconsin and Michigan both laying an egg Whew. in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, Wisconsin had no business being on anyone's bubble. Uh, if you're the 12th seed in your conference, you're automatically eliminated, um, in my opinion. But uh, that's not the way that the system is, is set up these days. So, uh, fortunately, we won't have to look at the Badgers, and I'm pretty, the Wolverines are done. So, Carolina's, you know, the bubble's getting soft. It's, it's a little weaker than maybe it was three or four days ago. So, they, they do have an opportunity, maybe with one win, to, to get very close and then have some other things fall their way. But I think to feel good when the show comes on Sunday evening, they, they need to win a couple, and, and of course, I'm sure their goal is to, to go ahead and take the decision away from the committee and then win three yeah, in a row. Yeah. Who else right now is kind of on that bubble, and, and if you're a UNC fan, who should you be paying attention to right now? Well, I think both the uh, both Arizona State, uh, you know, maybe Utah State, I think Rutgers and Oklahoma State both helped themselves by winning the first game in their conference tournament. Uh, they, they should be pretty solid. Vanderbilt is a team. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse has done a tremendous job with Vanderbilt. Uh, I think they won eight of their last nine, a couple of nice marquee wins in that run, and uh, they're making a push here towards the end, so keeping an eye on them in the SEC tournament. They, they get underway tonight. Um, and Clemson, you know, Clemson is certainly a uh, – <laughs> Carolina fans might want to pull for NC State. So, uh, <laughs> again right. – because Clemson is, is a team that could uh, could jump the Tar Heels in, in certain circles. So it, it's a pretty pretty weak bubble, in my opinion, a pretty soft list. I mean, certainly with Charleston winning their conference tournament earlier this week, that kind of took them off of that line and put them in for sure. So that's one less team that UNC has to worry about. And uh, it will be uh, it will be interesting to see what the committee makes of a lot of very middling teams, in my opinion, or teams who just don't have a lot of quality wins on the resume. Uh, Brian Mole with us here. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Jim Beheim retires. Uh, I don't think that's a surprise. I think kind of the timing and the way it unfolded was a little odd. So strange. So strange. Yeah. From, yeah. from the line of questioning, which I thought was excellent at the press conference, trying to um, you know get, gain some clarity there, and then literally as soon as the, the writers were out the door of the press room, Syracuse uh, releases a statement for, for a guy who has been there for 60 years, who's been the coach for 47, won 1,000 games, is synonymous with putting that program on the map, certainly during the glory days of the Big East along, you know, and – now he's just gone. Um, that's it. Uh, and it, it felt like he knew it was coming. Um, certainly he's made some comments that didn't help his case here in the last couple of weeks. And let's be honest, the Orange have not been a real factor for most of the last decade. They had a couple of fluky Sweet 16 runs in there when they barely got in the tournament. But they have the program has, has been on a pretty steady decline for the past decade, so... Uh, interesting, yeah, probably deserved better in some ways, but maybe brought it on himself at the same time. 
Uh, Brian's with us here. Uh, we know you're going to the uh, Masters uh, again in a couple weeks. Um, the Players' Championship being played in uh, in Florida this weekend, uh, TPC Sawgrass. Uh, how do you see the big time field? How do you real quick? How do you see this thing shaking out this weekend? Well, uh, it's always a great event. Certainly a dramatic finish, as dramatic of a finish in golf with par 5 16th, the Island Green 17th, and the very difficult 18th. Um, Colin Morikawa, I watched most of his round this morning, 65, flawless. Uh, looks like his game is in top form. He's shown that he can rise to the occasion in these big events. Scotty Scheffler with a solid start. And uh, you know, this the, the cool thing about this tournament is the nature of this golf course. It rewards the good player, whoever's playing well that week. So there, there's always a few names that maybe are unexpected, which uh, kind of gives the tournament a good feel where it's not just the top 10 or 20 players in the world battling it out on Sunday. But there'll be a few of these guys who um, have figured out how to play this very difficult golf course and can uh, can can drive through the weekend. But um, it uh, it should be a, it should be a great week. You know, we'll know a lot more by say uh, Saturday afternoon where the whole thing stands. Yeah. Hey, Brian, great stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll work it out where we can talk to you next week at some point, maybe Monday. We'll, we'll just see. We'll play it all by ear, but, uh, do appreciate it. Thanks for uh, the time here and, uh, the insights. Always a pleasure. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks. All right. There he goes. Brian Mall. All right. A break and, uh, we'll come back and get everything set up for, uh, the rest of the weekend, uh, and tomorrow here on the Patrick Johnson show. So don't you go away. Online or on the go. Love it. Log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day. You need to. Tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Pain. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. High school basketball state championships this weekend. We'll tell you about the Farmville uh, broadcast again here in just a second. 32 teams, though, last Saturday across the state took the floor to compete in the regional championships. Uh, and they've moved these now. Remember when they used to be at Minji's and they were uh, played at uh, the, the the girls would play their games at Rose, which has a really nice uh, facility, the Rose Garden, and a big enough gym to kind of accommodate uh, those crowds. And then the, the boys would always play at uh, ECU. I'm kind of going old school there. But then you would have uh, the same thing. There would be some, uh, you know, of the of the games when they play four of them in Greenville, they would divide them up. Some of the girls would play there and that sort of thing. And, and Fayetteville would be the other site. Uh, I did a game with uh, Sonny the year of the pandemic before they canceled the uh, state finals um, for television. Uh in the 4A game they played down in, uh, for the boys, they played down in, uh, in the East in Fable. Anyway, you know, these are fairly sizable venues. So now they're, they're playing these games at, for the regional championships at high schools. And they do it as a neutral thing. So, but you know, if you're going to do that, you just might as well let them play at the local high school. But commissioner this week of the high school athletic association, which I mean, it's taken some, Slings and arrows, in some cases maybe not deserved, but in a lot of cases I think rightfully so in, in recent years. Last Saturday was not our finest hour. There were people who bought tickets with this new pre-buy cashless ticket purchasing online 
but they couldn't get into the gym because the gym was already at capacity. Now, they're saying they didn't oversell the tickets, but, I mean, it's, if these tickets are going to be sold digitally, they do it through a digital platform. GoFan, I think, is the name of it. You, you've got to come up with a better way to to, to accommodate people, or you got to move it back to the gym and stop trying to save a move it back to a bigger campus, like a college campus or a junior college campus or something, and, and not try to just save a buck. You know, I know it's expensive, but I mean, it's just, you're putting these high schools in a bad situation. You really are. Uh, will not be the case this weekend, though, because the Dean Dome holds over 20,000. So if they were to sell out the Dean Dome, I think everybody would be uh, elated. But we've got uh, Farmville basketball this weekend. 103.7 WTIB, Saturday at 2.30. It's Farmville going for another state title against Reedsville. It's brought to you by Tony Moore, Creighton Commercial, proud owners of the Brightleaf Shopping Center in Farmville, Auto Store of Farmville in Greenville, Mosquito Authority, the town of Farmville, Jack Farrier Steelworks, Pick Green Electric Membership Corporation, Pierce Insurance, Hobbs Insurance, Farmville Flower Basket, NC Farm Bureau Insurance of Farmville, the Little Rocket, and Warren's Cafe. Thanks to Brian Mull. Thanks to Cookie. Ben Byram, final show for Ben. He'll be hosting it tomorrow. I'll see you Monday. Let's face it. That old reliable of yours just isn't that reliable anymore. So why take chances? CarMart of Greenville approves everyone with no credit check. Down payments as low as $1,000 and payments as low as $59 a week. Plus, you can pay your car off in less time. All vehicles come with a 30-day, 1,000-mile warranty and 25-point inspection. CarMart of Greenville, Highway 3.